Okay, so here's the deal. Our online provider that we use to communicate and send the information to our audio board super compressed both of our remote co-hosts this week. Instead of pulling the episode, we did our best to clean it up and provide it to you. We know it's embarrassing and it doesn't sound up to our normal standards, and we beg your indulgence. It's our fault. We're sorry. Hmm, maybe wizards should learn that little phrase. We're sorry. Anyway, we hope you understand, and we will do better next time. This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Big Geek Emporium. You're going to spend your digital dollar somewhere for all sorts of goodies related to tabletop role-playing, you better spend it at the Emporium. Why? Well, it's simple. The Emporium, A, values their creators and gives them a better cut so you are directly supporting the content creators, and B, shares the philosophy of our corner of the hobby. Why wouldn't you want to support those things as opposed to the competition, which is kind of restrictive and not friendly to our way of thinking. Go to BigGeekEmporium.com anytime you're looking to pick up a new system or expand something at your table. Again, BigGeekEmporium.com should be your first and only stop when you are looking to pick up some tabletop role-playing goodness. Now, on with the show. Holy shit, let me catch my breath. Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Ryan David. I would like to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Nerd Cognito. After a whirlwind week and a pretty, I would say, successful OSR roundtable. I am joined, of course, by Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Um, tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the hobby has just been ablaze over the last week, so uh, just trying to keep my head above water with all of the twists and turns and and that sort of stuff that's been going on. Um, it's 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 been crazy, and the craziness continues this week. Did you uh? Try to stay abreast of all of this nonsense. I did. I did. There was a lot. I mean, there was a lot going on. You know, the uh, the official announcement, and you know, the response from some third party creators, and you know, there was a lot of stuff to try to follow. So there was so much for us to follow this week that uh, I had to, you know reach down into the bag of tricks and pull out something for my Swiss cheese memory. And uh, we're joined again, back-to-back weeks, the T-shirted historian. Welcome to Nerd Cognito. Thanks for sitting in as an unofficial co-host this week. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I, I was just telling Bert, I'm, you know, trying to make sense of it all and, you know, not drop the ball, so to speak, or get fatigued by all this conversation that we're having because I think it's an important conversation. You and I were talking off the air before we began just about how important it is to to stay on top of this 
entire kerfuffle. Yeah, I agree. Um, certainly, looking at uh, the statement they finally dropped on Friday the 13th of all days. <laughs> um, N- not coincidental. <laughs> no, it, uh, it, it sure led to a lot of uh, reading between the lines. Yeah, and uh, when I was reading Between the Lines, I, in summary, read, you know, oh, this is our backhanded apology. We're sorry that you feel that way. Please don't cancel your subscriptions. <laughs> that That's what I read. That's what I read. Um, thankfully, I don't have a subscription to cancel for them, so I was safe on that front. But it wasn't a very good statement considering the amount of time that they took. No. And I, I mentioned that more than once, uh, this week. Cause you know, this week I've been just, you know, getting up on YouTube every single day. I was going to say, I watched your feed and you were on fire this week. You were definitely leading the charge. This is, you know, this OGL stuff is really important to me. It's, um, you know, I, I have a vested interest in, the OGL thriving, you know, I still collect royalties from things that I wrote or help illustrate. And if the OGL goes away, if they decide that uh, it's all made illegal or deauthorized and all that, uh, that's income I'm losing. Oh, absolutely. And plus, plus the fact, you know, uh, again, one of the things that we were talking about, we probably should talk about it on the air is we can't drop the banner right now. Um, you know, it, it is a distinctly tiring topic to stay on top of and communicate and keep shouting from the mountaintops. But Wizards wants us, at least in my opinion, again, reading between the lines on their statement, they want us to burn out and forget all of this ever happened, and we can't do that. No, we can't. Um, I also have noticed uh, from some other friends, you know, like the OGGM that, uh, he's saying that a lot of folks are kind of turning on each other again. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's kind of something that they're waiting for is for us to go back to squabbling amongst each other so they can just kind of quietly make whatever changes they want to slip it out there and, and get on with, uh, whatever they're nefarious plan (laughs) you know i I don't disagree um i know this is going to come as a shock to you but we get our fair share of hate mail from a certain segment and um you know the the sparkle trolls love us (laughs) and the tribalism has started to kick back in this week again uh we're seeing folks step up and not stop talking about it but we're also seeing folks fall into the same pattern which is pretty much just shilling for wizards and falling in line like good little anthropomorphic tieflings. Yeah, that is kind of what I can't believe, is the fact that after everything that has gone on, that there are still people who are shilling for Wizards of the Coast. The, the multi-million dollar company needs more money. <laughs> to me, the crazy thing was... it. The, like the announcement they made, you know, after this upset everybody, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a mea culpa. It wasn't a, you know, hey, you know, we're sorry. We hear you. We're, we're you know, making changes. It was like, oh, no, that, that was never our intention. Like, this is what our plan was. You know, we, we're realizing that we can't do that without hurting the community. 
So, like, there was no there, there was no apology to the apology. No, I, I yeah. it was a very backhanded apology. It was, you know, the kind of apology you tell your other girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's kind of like one of those cases where you know somebody says something just utterly despicable to you, and then they just suddenly go, Haha, "I was just kidding." <laughs> Psych. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, that doesn't yeah. work for for me. Um, yeah. You know, I have a well quasi vested interest. I I don't know if you're aware. Bert Bert knows, but I uh, dusted off the cobwebs for something that uh, I had a germ of an idea for almost twenty years ago. But you know, twenty years ago, digital publishing wasn't quite there, and getting something off the ground was a much more tenuous process not to mention i still had you know the typical nine to five i was going strong on that and life family that sort of thing i started to work on what i anticipated to be a second or third quarter release for this year and even though it has its own system it has its own rule set it has all of the boxes checked that i didn't need the ogl i was going to put it in there just to cover my ass right uh so now i'm like in this holding pattern for it because i don't know what's going to go on in this system and it sucks so i'm not dropping that charge either um we have to make sure that despite how tiresome it can be to hear it we have to stay on top of everything and that's why tonight i wanted to talk a little bit about the the paizo announcement uh with open rpg Bert, did you get a chance to see this? I did. I did. Uh, you know, Paizo had announced, like, when this whole thing leaked, Paizo had announced that their Pathfinder 2nd Edition was very close to being, you know, OGL-free anyway, and so they were probably going to be making some changes. But their official announcement I found very interesting. I, I, I specifically, and we're going to talk about it in, in detail, but I find it fascinating that they committed to some of the things that we've been saying since the original uh, announcement that hey we're going to make some changes back in december and one specific line always sticks out at me and that is that paizo does not believe the ogl 1.0a can be deauthorized ever period um that's a pretty bold statement from them uh t-shirt a historian what do you think of this Paizo pivot? Well, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Paizo is no friend of ours by, by any means. I'm going in very cautiously because I still remember Paizo was very much in the orcs or black people camp. So Yeah. Yeah. And, and see, this is, this is kind of a weird place for me because uh, I was a big fan of Pathfinder First Edition. I, I bought all the books. I love their stuff preached to my friends about how great Pathfinder First Edition was. And even when they were introducing, uh, you know, characters who were trans or, uh, you know, uh, openly gay or whatever, I thought that was pretty creative. I thought that was pretty forward thinking. And I was on board with it. I was okay with it. Sure. But yeah, uh, ever since their shift to Pathfinder 2, um, I don't like the system. The community is maybe a bit less toxic than fifth edition is it though hey well uh, see that's that's kind of what's what's bothering me is uh one of my friends famously asked me the question today he said uh, 
So is Pathfinder 2nd Edition the place where all the Sparkle Trolls are uh, going to be contained now? And I kind of say, yeah. Yeah, I, I really think that that's their new home. And I look at the folks that are sort of lined up behind them, too. Like, Paizo is definitely the tank, but I think the biggest announcement was Chaosium. I, I know, Cobalt press got a lot of good buzz their timing was impeccable fantastic business move for what they did but i really think the coup is putting chaosium in that league and uh, again i go in hoping for the best but prepared for the worst i thought it was unusual because uh chaosium could have uh, stayed out of this entire thing i mean they've, they've had an independent uh system that is their own and has been for you know for decades and for them to throw their hat in with uh, Paizo is kind of like an interesting move. I don't know what uh, motivated them to do that. There was some buzz, I want to say, six or seven months ago, that the two of them were looking to produce a tandem product or, you know, the the, the real big Paizo P-heads were, were like, oh, Paizo is going to absorb Chaosium. Um, I, I don't see that happening, but now I say, huh? huh? Because you're, you're absolutely right. They had no incentive to, to jump in this for anything other than PR and, and, and press. Like, I think that that had to be the main motivation. But nonetheless, they are in it, and they're going to release things under this um, orc the open RPG creative license. Haha, <laughs> orc. Way to go, Paizo. <laughs> I think that's cute. Yeah. Um, on the other, on the flip side, what uh, myself and a lot of other content creators are concerned about is the fact that they haven't actually released, uh, you know, the orc yet, and we're we're concerned that there may be morality clauses. I fully expect be... that. I do. Yeah. Because that's the one thing. You know, no doubt the the Wizards leak pissed everybody off, Sparkle Trolls and Old Grognards alike. But everyone was focused on, and rightly so, creator and creator's rights and maintaining ownership. But very little buzz was brought to light outside of the OSR regarding the, the whole if we feel your product is morally, ethically, blah, 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 we're going to yank your, yank your crank right out of this, this game. So Mm -hmm. I, I, and again, you know, Paizo's history leads me to say, what are they going to put in there? Because I think, like you said, the sparkle trolls are going to find a new home and we know top down that there is alignment with that philosophical, I guess, insertion of politics into the business model for them. So I don't know. What do you think the 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 biggest news of the week was as it relates to this whole debacle? I know I threw that one right out of left field at you, <laughs> but, but really, what can we say about it until we see this orc? Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem is like, yeah, on the one hand, I'm, I'm glad there is somebody out there who will be competing with them. But I did also notice that there are a lot of smaller companies who are also doing their own thing. 
James Desborough is working on his own SRD that will be hopefully divorced of the OGL. Basic Expert has decided to retool his company and his uh, or his products to be their own thing. Uh, Alexander McCreese for uh, Axe has announced Axe 2, and he's going to be doing other things that are going to be his own system. So a lot of smaller companies are kind of going their own way and creating their own thing. And I, I think it's hilarious because it's like the OGL 1.1, which by the way, it was a bald face lie that <laughs> it was a, that it was going to be a, you know, that it was a prototype document and all that. I mean, that's just how stupid do they think we are? It was a pretty polished prototype. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like they, they went to Kickstarter and, and started lobbying with them. It's like, you don't do that with a prototype. You do that with a finished document. But, uh, I think the funny thing is in their attempt to quash all the competition they have inadvertently created like hundreds and hundreds of competitors. Right. Well, you know, typically moves like this generate the exact opposite of their stated intent. And we're, we're seeing it and living through it now. And it is going to be, I'm afraid that it's going to be a rougher journey yet to come before we get back onto smooth sailing. Bert, what was your take on, I guess, the the most important uh, highlight of the week, if we can use that word? Well, I mean, seeing the, the backlash and the pivoting of other people who have been under the OGL for years, if not decades, it's kind of, I think, the, the most important thing to kind of take away is you can't, you know, put that genie back in the bottle. Now that they release this, even if they're saying oh, it wasn't a finished document or whatever, you know, they, you know, they put their intentions out there. So now, you know, you, you can't go back to blindly trusting that they're not going to make a similar change in the future. And a lot of people are seeing that and pivoting to other options, which is really interesting to see. I think that competition is going to explode, you know, just because people are afraid to you know, use the OGL 1.0. Right. The, the, and trust what was shaky to begin with. If you look uh, on the broader scale, look at the, the destruction of magic over the last 18 months, you know, um, everyone has a good laugh posting the Hasbro stock ticker chart for the last year, but it, it does tell a tale and it sort of, puts into perspective the only thing that they're looking at. Uh, full disclosure, I've been shorting Hasbro for 18 months and have never lost. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think their short-sightedness is really going to bite them in the butt um, for a number of reasons. And, and the main one is, uh, if you look at Wizards of the Coast's track record and what they have coming up, they've got what? four projects coming up, starting with um, the Golden Shower, I mean Vault. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're going to end with, which breaks Bert's heart, uh, Planescape. Yeah. Uh, but that's... Yeah, I, mean, I, I grew up on Planescape. I loved Planescape when they, when they started to release that set. And then, you know, knowing that they're going to bring it back uh, and seeing their other releases, you just kind of wonder how they're going to ruin it. Well, the thing is, it's like, okay, they've got four major releases. Now, the thing is, those are probably not going to come out back to back. 
So there'll be some dead space in between the time of releases. And the thing is, one of the things that the third party licensees could be counted on was keeping the brand name hot. Okay. It's like, okay, we don't have a major 5e release, but people are still playing 5e, buying 5e because we have other supplements. We have other, uh, published adventures, you know, uh, there are the miniature supplements, everything, all the stuff that would was feeding into the 5e ecology and was helping keep that company going uh, during the downtime between releases. That's all gone now because all those guys jumped ship and, you know, said, you know, adios, guys. So well, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say they had to see it coming. I mean, look at the DMs Guild folks. But they already had language that was far more restrictive than the original OGL that they were working under. So, you know, it, it was a telegraphed move by by all means, or at least in in my humble opinion. <laughs> well, I mean, like, okay, let's say everybody in the DMs Guild decided to pull out. Well, it wouldn't matter at this point because now Watsi's got all your property anyway. And they can just take it and resell it and use it however they want to if you are working for DM's Guild. Right. So those guys are just boned. No, I'm waiting for Wizards to take the best of the best from DM's Guild and, you know, give it the editorial collection sort of treatment. So, you know, you have some fictional wizard writing a tome and this little bit and this little bit and this little bit all gets presented in in it and they they really show their true colors i've been predicting that for a year now and now there's nothing to stop them because the backlash isn't going to get worse yeah uh i i predicted it several months ago actually I, I said it on the air i said that uh i think dm's guild is nothing more than a farm for 5e for you know, not just for talent, but for ideas and everything else. Yeah, when, uh, this well of theirs is not going to dry up because of the fact that they're going to be able to steal all those ideas and use them however they want, any way they want. And a large portion. I, I, let me correct that. I don't know that it's a large portion, but a portion of those folks have already fallen back in line and are defending Big Brother at this point, which boggles the mind you know <laughs> um yeah i don't know where it's going but i know the one thing that we can agree on is as long as news keeps coming out uh we cannot give up this charge oh hey so so bert you, you want to explain what just happened when ryan says news the news stake segment starts it's... you can never get him not to say news Maybe it won't happen. Well, we can hope that one week there is not a bunch of atrocious news. But uh, this week, uh, <laughs> there is a bunch of atrocious news. Uh, the, the news is, I, I guess, thankfully absent from the tabletop realm. So, T-shirt historian, you're welcome to sit through the news if you want. Um, I don't know how entertaining the news might be for you. Um, well, I... I have a lot of tabletop games, too, so I'm, I'm willing to listen. Well, good. good. Then we'll start with, with some news. Um, it's a list, Bert. It's a list. Oh, boy. These are always fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, 
according to Polygon, you know, they're they're at the top of my favorite pop gaming media places. These wow. are the five best, best, absolutely best tabletop science fiction games. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, oh boy. Right. And clocking in at number five, which I think even the most filthy of filthy casuals would be able to put at the top of the list, but on theirs, it's number five, is Twilight Imperium. <laughs> so uh, if you've wow. got nine days, you can, right, yeah. you can, you can play T.I. Uh, Longest hey, uh, game ever. <laughs> you know, Simon has already uh, got new stuff coming out for that. The form of their Simon comics. I did not know that. Um, I the order was already up. I followed the. Uh, they had like online releases. Way this is going to date me, but who cares? Way back in the day, in like second edition uh, of Ti, where they just put out lore, and it was, for lack of a better term, a blog. And I I followed that, but I didn't know that they. Uh, they were kickstarting a whole comic series. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. I'll uh, shoot you a link. Yes, yes, absolutely. Bert, you ready? Ready. Following up on T.I. <laughs> I, I, I tried not to laugh and say that because, like, T.I.'s the juggernaut, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, is it an amazing game? Well, could never get enough time to play it all the way through. Don't know. <laughs> uh, I played the former editions, you know, and lost weeks of my life. But I, I've we here. Here's the thing, and for the benefit of anyone that's new to the show, um, we've had Ti Fourth Edition sitting on the shelf of shame since it released. <laughs> but we just can't commit to the time commitment for it. Um, it's we've got other bigger things that we want to want to put the time in. But yeah, if you have a month that your group can consistently get to the table for, uh, TI's it. Uh, next on the list, Eclipse Dawn or Second Dawn for the Galaxy. I almost almost went in on this one, but I, I did pass for Eclipse. I, I passed as well. Um, you know, I, I was interested in it at first, but, you know, it, it wasn't something that held my attention long term. I, I passed because I thought of our core uh, board gaming group, Bert, and I said, it's hard enough to sell something that has threads of economics in it. A right. straight up science fiction economic simulator is probably not going to go over too well. Right, especially with some of the people in our group. Sounds exciting. So now Polygon shows their mainstream cred now. Race for the Galaxy was third. It's okay. Right. It's a shorty, right? Yeah, it's an okay game. Uh, it's time filler. Yeah, yeah. Second, uh, Bert, Mr. Terraforming Mars, your namesake is second on their list. Oh, I, I can't disagree with that. Well... I guess it depends on what's first, because I would have put Terraforming Mars at the top. I'm sure you would have. Uh, I wouldn't have. I don't even think it would have made my top five, but but you know this, and that's why I will bust your balls on it. Right. Um, at the top of their list is an oldie but goodie, and uh, it's certainly not a bad game, but I don't know that it would be at the top of the list. It's Cosmic Encounter. No, I mean, that, that, that game is 
Uh, we played it. It's, it's a good game, but I don't know that it would be top in my list. Right. I, I remember back in the day, um, Dan and I would play the the previous versions of Cosmic Encounter um, with, with our former group. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely moved the needle as far as science fiction's games then. Now, I definitely think it shows its age. You know, Curiously right. Absent is everything Dune. Um, yeah. Everything uh, Lovecraftian, everything steampunk. There's a lot of gaps in this list for, for what right. you would consider science fiction. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'm, some of the games on this list, I would put games like Sidereal Confluence over top of them. I like, absolutely would put Sidereal Confluence uh, probably number one or number two spot behind TI. I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder about Scythe and, and Zombicide Invader. I, mean, I guess they would have been in the top five. I could see Scythe possibly being in the top five. Yeah. Zombicide, you know, it's... Here, here's my issue with Zombicide, is it's turned into a lot of rinse and repeat at this point. And it's... I mean, it works, right? It's solid, kill bunch of zombie games. <laughs> but there's a lot of them, so... Uh, hey, Bert, you want to feel old with me here? Sure, make me feel old. Uh, the original NES version of The Legend of Zelda has been recreated in VR. Yes? Okay. I said VR, and it looks freaking amazing. Like, I I, I don't know. Ten-year-old me wants to play this game. Uh, <laughs> Do you have to hold every item over your head to get it to uh, trigger? I don't. <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, it's dangerous to go alone. It just looks like a fun time. A nauseating time, but a fun time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is actually, um, you know, obviously whoever did this really loved Zelda. I mean, they have, you know, the, the middle of the video where you told me to go to, it's kind of like that Easter egg. What happens if you attack the old man? Or like, <laughs> you know. Uh, it is based on... Of all things, Doom. It's using the, the the old ID software Doom engine. So now they don't have to worry about just Nintendo taking them down, but they have to worry about ID taking them down as well. Wow. Um, but it, it's a, a little fun time waster. Hey, speaking of VR, you know, if you pony up for a good VR headset, what do you think the shelf life of that headset should be, Bert? I mean, I don't know. I would think that it's sort of like buying a good gaming rig for your computer. You're looking at maybe a few years of use out of it. Okay, so, okay. so you're, changing. You're, you're, you're more in line with this article. I kind of wanted more, but um, Facebook slash Meta slash whatever Zuckerballs is calling them now and support for the original Oculus Quest, and that gives it a life of just shy of four years. Um I don't know. I would want a little more just for the headset, right? You still have to have a rig to drive it. So, uh, hey, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Uh, shorty tack on to, to Zelda. I still want to play that Zelda in VR. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? And last but not least, I told you I kept it short this week, Bert, just because, you know, the news of the day is really grossly more important than this. Uh, this is a follow-up to something we talked about, oh, a couple months ago when Google released the information that the Stadia platform was coming to an end. Uh, right. Do you remember 
the one thing I said, I hope they do. You wanted them to re-enable Bluetooth on the controller. I you did. The, controller the Bluetooth setup. was so broken, and it was so terrible. Um, it, it, it worked a little bit, and it was intentionally hobbled so that you were locked into Stadia. Well, Google has given in, question mark? I don't know if they're giving in. Stadia is effectively dead. But they are going to in the final software update, uh, repatch in the Bluetooth to what was a very, very, very good controller. So, yay, I don't need to buy another controller when I burn through my current one. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can open that box that I got in the press kit for Stadia low many years ago and finally use the controller. (laughs) So, uh, that's it for the news this week. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, T-shirted historian, you survived a news cycle. Yep. Yep. Still here. Yeah, you're still you're still here. Well, I do want to encourage everyone, 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 please, 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 in addition to going to uh, at NerdCognito on Twitter and giving the ladies there a follow, uh, follow the T-shirted historian at the T-shirted one. Uh no hyphens, no anything, just at the t-shirted one for amazing insight. And even more important, what I want everybody to do is go and check out his YouTube channel. It is phenomenal. Make sure you subscribe, hit the bell so you get the notifications. Am I using all the right YouTube lingo here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we want to spread some of the love, and uh, I'm sure... A majority, an overwhelming majority of our audience is shared. But if anyone isn't, uh, check him out. And your YouTube link escapes me right now. So hit us with it. Well, it's uh oh, it's still just it's still just YouTube or still just uh, t-shirted one. Oh, okay, okay. All right, there we go. So make sure you go subscribe, ring the bell, like. Give the thumbs up. I don't know. We're, we're, we're audio guys. I don't know. <laughs> hey, thanks for swinging by tonight. Um, certainly appreciate your insight and thoughts. Uh, we're going to jump into a review of the Red Room's Wretched Epoch next. So um, we're going to cut you loose and let you go on your merry way. But anytime, 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 anytime you want to come on and vent, complain, Share insight and wisdom. You are always welcome. Just hit up the ladies at the NerdCognito Twitter or send us an email and we will make that arrangement because it is always a blast and you always provide great perspective instead of me rambling and Bert trying to talk me off the ledge. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate you. You take care. All right. We will. Always good when a friend swings by. Hey, Bert. Absolutely. Oh, you know, I, I, I feel spent already, but last week, because of the roundtable, we bumped what was going to be our rundown and review of a very unique property in the OSR, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, it's really an interesting sort of, it's not a setting that I've seen used before, and it's not a... Uh, 
a setup that I've seen before. It's really a, it, kind of interesting to see it. Right. Our and again, you know, we have a friendly uh, camaraderie with the folks at the Red Room, Miguel and Sylvia. Um, they have a whole line of settings and scenarios in their wretched verse. And we took the time before wizards decided to blow up the world to right. really dig into wretched epoch. How, how's that? It's been a long time since I, since I got to use my French epoch, <laughs> uh, wretched epoch, uh, which is, well, as you said, you know, we've not seen a setting or a supplement like this before. And dare I say, it's going to be a while before we see something as interesting as this is again. Go ahead and give everybody the dime store tour of Wretched Epoch. All right. Well, it's set in the city of Paris. In, in I, I want to say, not an alternate reality, more like an augmented reality. I think that that is a the- very, very fair statement. It's... It, it, I don't even know, augmented or um, parallel reality, maybe? Like, right. because I'm thinking they have, like... Kind of. The the thing is that, uh, uh, the reason I called it an augmented reality is because it's, like, they list a timeline and there are real events on that timeline that happened. Absolutely. And so, and so you've got things that happened you know, in our universe and then things that happened in their universe. So it's almost like they took like a historical time period and sort of built on to it. Some of these other factors it's set in the late 1800s, you know, 1880s to 1890s. Right. City of Paris. It's, um, and again, it's sort of like a, a blend, right? It's a blend of a historical period piece Right. With fantastic elements. I like that better than my mirror universe. <laughs> right. right. I, my brain couldn't come up with it two minutes ago, but um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Look, right. I just tipped right. my hand. Hey, guys, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bert. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> but no, but, you know, I won't disagree with you. I mean, the, the concept itself is, you know, very different from what you see normally. It's either all fantastic or it's, you know, all, you know, sort of all historical with just an added element. This takes the whole time period and adds things on to it. I mean, you know, you think about, you know, uh, the even the like the character classes, you think of things that you would think of like Sherlock Holmes, you know, consulting detective is a class in this. Sure. But you don't other than Sherlock Holmes, can you think of, you know, what was consulting a detective a real job? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do, do people get paid to be consulting detectives in the 1880s? I mean, uh, I can't think of a single one. People got paid to do all sorts of bizarre things, particularly in that period of time. So um, I think my favorite uh, of the, the the unique classes, and again, they are very unique, period-appropriate classes. Uh, mine would be the mesmerist, right? Uh, of course, of course. I can I can see you enjoying the mesmerist. Um, you know the uh, 
you know, they have the celebrity option. You can be just a regular dude. Like they have the, uh, what is it called? Common citizen is a, is a character class. Though why you would pick that one is beyond me. Personally, I'm most interested in scholar, mad scientist, and occultist. <laughs> well, which one? If you had to pick, right? I would go with uh, mad scientist. You know, that, uh, you know, sort of that Frankenstein effect. You know? Oh, she pretty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. In this period, you pick very unique, fantastic sort of classes, and you run them through, I want to say, a, a, a Victorian feeling. It's so unique. I'm, I'm, I'm at a... Bert, write this day down. I am at a loss for words. I, I like to equate it to Weird West, but Weird turn of the 20th century Parisian instead of right. Weird West, right? Right, right. I mean, you've got things listed in the book like um, cabarets, like the Moulin Rouge, like it was the, the City of Lights kind of at its, uh, you know, sort of Wild West, you know, sort of at its wildest. You know what I mean? You've got uh, the cabarets and you've got the, you know, the criminal elements, but then you've added these fantastic elements like occultists and mesmerists and shaman and all kinds of just insanity still set against that sort of, um, I don't want to say lawless, but that, you know, sort of period of freedom in Paris that you experienced at the beginning of the 20th century. Right, with a touch of supernatural and cosmic horror to boot. Sure. So uh, it, it is a very interesting setting for which I think you could get a lot of legs on. Uh, now, we've used some wretched properties before. We talked about uh, using wretchploitation for our assassin. Uh, right. Sort of one-shot slash uh, semi-one-shot. This, I can see you having a true urban campaign running this and you know as far as content there is a little more meat on the bone now i liked retploitation because it was very open and very free form this right. one i think because the, of the uniqueness of the setting there is a lot of either historical or fantastical or a blend of the two lore that's brought into the text um Miguel and Sylvia did a fantastic job, once again, sort of bringing that darker, seedier, grittier feeling into a system and into a book. Right. And the thing that I really enjoyed was it's not just a setting or a reference tool. Like, they literally, like, if you got this and you had no idea what to do with it, they have a whole section on you know, setups and sort of hooks to sort of get your get your adventure started or get your game started. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, we've been fan of the Red Room or fans of the Red Room for a, a long time. You know, they are a pretty prominent cornerstone in the OSR. Um, but this is another smashing success that clearly differentiates itself from the rest of the Wretched Properties. Um it's funny because when I was looking at um, just the Wretched Verse in general and based on 
the cover and the blurb, this is the the property that I was the most drawn to originally. So, uh, you know, kudos to them for, for piquing my interest. They're just as fucked up as I am. <laughs> right, right. Did you read through any of the example, like, hooks that they gave for running the story? I saw that they had the entire section, and, and they, they'll have, like, a, a little stories from history segments and, and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Right. Right. I mean, like, you know, there are – you could – easily work historical elements into it like the the one that i was looking at for the my favorite example it says an old curse locked away and a large crypt has been released player characters must venture deep into haunted tunnels to investigate this matter so you could literally you know with a little bit of fudging do things like you know uh, is it a dig in the valley of kings is it oh no fudging necessary it's the catacombs under paris right that's another option. But, yeah, I, there was, again, a lot of love and a lot of research that went into this, and, and it's very apparent. Um, it is one of their longer properties, so it is something that if you are looking to sit down and GM with it, um, just because of the unique setting, and unless you are, like, a big <laughs> 1900s buff of of, you know, French, I guess, society at that time. Right. You probably want to dig a little deeper in this just so that you're a little more versed. But by no means are you pigeonholed into Paris with this either. I can see this system being overlaid anywhere in the world at that time period. I can't disagree with you. The other thing that um, that we should point out to people is that this is challenging in that like character creation and things like that, they're done in the older style. So you have like the cannon fodder creation system. where You, <laughs> you, you build a level one character and they're probably going to die before the end of the, of the adventure. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to make more than one character at this point. If you're running through this, uh, it would be truly, truly amazing for you to start to finish a character in sparkle troll fashion through wretched epoch. And that's a good thing. Right, right. I mean, it adds a touch of, you know, sort of real horror to the game in that this character that you are enjoying playing could very well die because that's a realistic thing that could happen. Now, of course, you at your table or as the GM can, you know, nudge this a little bit if you're looking for more of a, um, I don't want to use the term superhero, but more of a long-term character investment. Um, you could tweak these just as you would with any other system. Uh, right. So I you're mean, not going to... Nobody... Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you don't, you know, uh, uh, just as with any other system, you're not you're not pigeonholed into that. You can make that decision at your table. Um, and I can see if you wanted to have a above-average rough-and-tumble adventuring party... Um, you could juice them up a little bit here and give them a little bit of staying power. Um, right. I mean, nobody expects uh, Sherlock Holmes to die until the top of the falls with Moriarty. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't expect him to get gunned down in the street. You know. <laughs> right. No. Absolutely. Um, the one thing that you want to be aware, I, I think, if you're looking for a long term table 
running Wretched Epoch, you probably are going to have to really lean into characters that are going to provide you with some healing and also lean into the fact that your table needs to know that people going to die, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, they could die. They could lose their minds. Did you read the fear effects table? I did. <laughs> you know, come on, tables, charts, me. Right. They're, they're like, a shocking event happens. Roll 2d6 and see how it affects your character. And it could be everything from being mildly unsettled to having a stroke. i just fine. Don't worry about me. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's a... That's that's not nice, Ryan. Um, uh, I know, I know. Please don't write in. Please don't write in. <laughs> that's that's. I hate Ryan David. <laughs> no, no, you can't write right. that Twitter, anymore yeah. because Twitter I, is gone. Uh, uh, Twitter is gone. <laughs> the only thing that's on Twitter are the powers that be at NerdCognito. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, final thoughts before we get to the judgment. Um. I love that they that they built up so much lore. Uh, the system looks like it's not too hard to pick up, but there is some crunchy math involved. I don't think that it's too crunchy. Uh, certainly less than AD&D, right? Sure, absolutely. So on the scale of AD&D to fate, it's soundly in the middle. You know? <laughs> right, agreed. I think that they had some creative use of both uh, public domain and AI art. So it's a different look than your typical source book. Uh, not entirely out of line, again, for the Wretched series, but it is unique even within the Wretched verse. So um, interesting, interesting system, interesting time period, interesting take on, like I said, that step between historical gameplay and the fantastic elements. Uh, Absolutely. What do you think, Bert? Own it, play it, or head for Z Hills? Uh, I would say own it and play it. Own it and play it. Yeah, and again, you know, we're not talking uh, significant life-changing money. The Red Room has stuff priced at incredibly modest prices. Uh, you can pick up print-on-demand for this for, I want to say, less than 20 bucks, which is insane. Oh, man, that's worth it. Right? Uh, and the the PDF, obviously, even less. And, in fact, as of this recording, uh, there is a bundle that is both the PDF and the print-on-demand for the same money. So, uh, oh, can't beat that. Yep. I can't picture myself running this game, actually. You know, the, the tar using the tarot deck for encounters and using the, uh, you know what I mean? It's really just kind of, like it, it runs strangely, but strange in a way that's appealing. Uh, fantastic showing, once again, by our friends at the Red Room. So, ringing endorsement from the Nerd Cognito crew. And that's not just because we're buds, you know. We, we, we call them like we see them, and when our friends have stinkers, we let them know. And this is... Quite the opposite of that. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, there. I mean, there. You have to have somebody who can sort of enjoy a period piece to play. I think, but you know, who doesn't like a you know a, a little historical fiction now and then? No, I, I think it is spectacular. Um, that sort of thing is trending lately. 
uh, in pop media right now. So, you know, hey, it's 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 a great system. It's a unique place and time. And like I said, the fantastic elements that are brought into it just make it all the much, much, much better. So check it out, Wretched Epoch, E-P-O-Q-U-E, uh, Accent Grave on the first E. See, look at that. My French is coming up. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you remember a little more than I do. Madame I Tatala could... would be so proud of me. Now I'm checking to make sure it really is an accent graph. <laughs> <laughs> of course I got it back. Of course I did get it backwards. <laughs> it's not the grave. It's the other one, which I don't remember. Madame Tatala is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what is the other one? Uh, I don't know. A you, a you, accent you. Madame Zatala is really pissed. She's now summoning a demon <laughs> if she were in this setting. It's possible, um, but uh, she'd have to make a wisdom check. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> hopefully she rolled good on her 3d6 straight down. What a week, Bert. What a week. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a little crazy. It's kind of nice to end on, you know, talking about something that's not the news, just kind of a review of a fun product. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't put the book down, so it was really interesting to just kind of end on sort of a, a softer note instead of sort of all the misery that's out there in the well, world. There is a lot of misery, right you know, and and the T-shirted one and I talked about it. We can't stop. If we stop, then the silence is acceptance. So... I'm not going to end on on the misery, but I'm just going to say that it ain't over till it's over, and we're not even close to being over. So why don't you support the OSR, support the folks at the Red Room, pick up Wretched Apoc with the accent aigue, madam. Aigue, please don't beat me. Um, <laughs> uh, take this moment to remind you, if you haven't already, follow the ladies on Twitter at NerdCognito. Uh, throw them a follow. They certainly appreciate it. They are closing in on the 500 mark, Bert. Ooh. Yeah. So kudos to them. Make sure that uh, you do that. And remember, if you want to be a... Checkmark hero. Hey, there's an opening this month. Uh, the gentleman that originally wanted to be the checkmark hero got really pissed at the ladies on Twitter and demanded a refund or was going to threaten a chargeback. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they, they were like, hey, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to give him eight his eight bucks back. Fuck him. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he was a, a fun little sparkle troll that, that got very, very angry that they didn't agree with something that he was saying. And um, I think he forgot that he was a checkmark hero. So when he figured it out, probably, i.e., got his credit card statement... <laughs> <laughs> he, he he lit them up, and uh, I was they're like, "What should we do, right?" And I said, "Well, uh, it's eight bucks. Fuck him. I'm not going to argue over eight bucks. But you no. can absolutely be a checkmark hero. Uh, just send us eight bucks, and you can Venmo at NerdCognito, and you'll be the next checkmark hero." 
Aside from that, we want to remind you to make sure that you are subscribed at the podcast provider of your choice. You're listening to us on a podcast provider. I can't stress that enough. Um, Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button. It doesn't matter. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anything in between. Just make sure that you're subscribed so that each and every week when there is some great nerd cognito goodness coming out, you don't miss it. And hey, if you're subscribed, you don't miss things like last week, which was the spectacular second calling of the OSR Roundtable. Again, subscribe, throw us some reviews, and tell your friends to listen to these guys talking about the things that we love in our hobbies. That's all I got, Bert. What do you got? Channeling Mikey again. Was I? With that voice, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I can't read a watch. I can't tell you when I need to be on the air. (laughs) (laughs) I would say I'm going to get some puss, but I can't get any of that lately either. Ryan, don't tell anybody that on the air. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. I should edit that out, but you know I'm not going to. (laughs) I know. I know you're not. Oh, thank you, everybody, for listening, Uh, especially if you are new to us and you discovered us from the OSR Roundtable. Lots of new folks tuning in for the OSR Roundtable that we should uh, give a big old hello to. Uh, We hope that you enjoy our little take on this crazy little thing in the gaming and nerd and TV and video game and just generally nerd culture world that we talk about every week. My name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in. We will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. No!